Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com Today is the 11th of April 2007 With the usual flurry that goes on beginning in the morning and ending late at night The good news I have is I got so fed up making up the books on the floor and putting them in binders that I've got some printed up with these uh, proper spiral type binders which is saying something for me to do that because it's looking kind of posh it's kind of posh for me not my usual style with sticky tape and all that and, and sticking on labels so yes, for me this is posh so from now on those who ordered the books can order them individually as usual and I'll get them in this little spiral posh type binder and also if they order all three I put all three in one one big book with the same technique it's much better looking it'll last longer too I'm sure and that's a, a good start it costs more of course for me to do it but it's worth it, it saves your back, your neck, your your knees and it gives Hamish room to move about on the floor uh, rather than sort of stepping over all these different things I have to post off in the morning also very little mail, if any, moved over this weekend because on Friday it was the Easter um, Good Friday which I didn't find out till I went to town and everything was closed so uh, nothing moved post doesn't move in Canada generally even in the, the ordinary weekends but definitely nothing moved from Friday right up until the Monday or the Tuesday and that's just the way it goes in a great democratic country um, behind in the emails as always so if you've written in to me with something very important uh, you can either re-mail it to me if, I, if you don't hear from me or I'll just wait and hang on because I eventually get back around them and look at all these little red flags and I check which ones I've answered I can't answer everything I do manage to read everything but uh, it's, it's impossible to answer every every single one I mean I don't need answers really they're just little notes and things and and goodwill messages which is very very nice I'm going to start off here with a, a little a little talk about it, was, it came from it's an article from the parallel normal dot wordpress dot com April the 4th 2007 and it's called corporations will push humans into alternate realities well, which we already know they've already done it with a lot of people without all this technology they're going to this will be mentioned in this article and this again is, a, is how you predict and, and program people the world's largest corporations including Procter & Gamble Siemens, Motorola and Time Warner 
may be planning to port our individual consciousnesses over to machine-generated alternative realities. Think Second Life. Interesting. Procter & Gamble came out a few years ago. They were the ones who helped push the baby formulas way back in the 50s or wherever they came out with them. And how bottled milk was much better for the scientifically, scientifically prepared bottled milk was better than mummy's milk. You know how they, the science is always better. Now they can they better nature apparently, according to their propaganda. And Procter and Gamble came out only a few years ago, and just happened to have well they admitted they just happened to have been using all along to wash these little glass jars out they put all this mush baby food in and made an awful lot of money with uh, they washed out those jars to sterilize them before they filled them with the food with what just happens to turn out to be a synthetic form of estrogen oh, oh my my what a coincidence what a coincidence big Procter and Gamble got into that my goodness uh, after Charles Galton Darwin talked about ways to get estrogen into the food etc in order to effeminize the men but it's amazing it's like winning the lotto how many people win the lotto wherever you live yeah, these guys write things and lo and behold it just things just happen and accidents happen in their favor all the time accidents you know, like 9-11 well, the same thing with, with artificial estrogen ends up in the baby formula. My, my, my. What luck. The companies will use embedded sensors and displays, RFID tags and other tracking devices, and brain implants as the real to virtual gateway through which humans will either jump or be pushed, or be pushed like that part, or be pushed. That is, of course, if you believe that think tanks not only predict the future, but actually shape it. And the link and accept is below. The Institute for the Future predicts a culture of layered realities marked by the intermingling of alternate reality games and real-life interactions in physical digital space. In its 2005 to 2015 Map of the Decade, these these tanks really, as I say, they they don't they don't sit around and guess. They they've already, they already know the agenda. That's what these think tanks are for. And their their job is to get it written down in a, a kind of maybe type form for the public to swallow and and program the public gradually to its inevitability. Procter and Gamble and the other companies are IFTF members. Rand Corporation, Biggie, oh, Rand Corporation. Researchers backed by the Ford Foundation, here's the big Ford Foundation, which is run now, I think, hand-in-hand uh, in, in hand with, with Carnegie and Rockefeller Foundations. The big foundations, remember, fund everything that changes your life because they help plan it. Founded the Futurist Think Tank in 1968. IFTF is the headed by one of the fathers of the Internet, Jacques Vallee not a fake name. He also happens to be one of the world's leading UFO experts. And he got it from someone who channeled the information from Zeta Reticuli. And I'm just joking about that part. 
Valley was among several prominent ufologists, prominent, oh no, prom, <laughs> you a prominent ufologist at the, the GWU Symposium. GWU Symposium, I covered for Wired in 2002. I guess GWU means go watch up. Go watch up. Now, Jane McGonigal, a developer and expert on ubiquitous technologies, a category that includes ARFIDs and embedded sensors and alternate reality games, is on the IFTF payroll. As a future forecaster reads one line from McGonigal's bio, I explore how games might be used to virtualize. Virtualize. What an amazing word. Virtualize everyday life. Hmm. How are you feeling today? I'm virtualized today. Very virtual. Uh-huh. The Masonics love the word virtue. They're supposed to get virtue, you see, with the higher degrees. And virtual is not quite, you see. It's not quite real. It's, it's virtually. So that's another little bit of predictive programming. Big corporations and foundations fund all of the big science fiction writers which give us our thoughts and enjoyment, entertainment, fascinates us to death, and programs them as, so that we will accept things which will happen in our life. Because the guys that planned these things to happen in your life also fund the authors and tell them, write a story about this. We want Joe Public to get used to the idea. That's how the real world works. Alternate realities. Some, now, the thing is, they're trying to push this idea to children big time, because it's the children who's, who will have to really go through all the major changes, and they want the children to want this kind of thing, not just play the video game, be in the game. However, no individual you'll ever meet will be programming this little alternate reality for uh, you. You, for themselves it'll all be done for them by someone they'll never meet and what they're not telling them is someone will be programming you what a thought brave new world eh what a thought we live in t- such amazing times watching a big global push where everything is be, has been pushed to the, to the limits that the family is pretty well destroyed as they said they would have to do in all the communist writings and a lot of the, the big professors of course in the western countries working for the CFR how they'd have to destroy the family unit and separate the male and the female and the children in order to bring their brave new world into existence. And you look around you, and you see it every day. You see the fallout all around. And of course, as the family units were falling apart, um, where no one was allowed to be happy, you can't be happy if you're kept in a constant state of immaturity. And that's what they did with the people. They didn't become mature. Jane wanted some film star for a husband, 
and got fed up with Harry and Harry wanted some beautiful young model as his wife and he looked at Jane there getting a little older and and so they were programmed themselves via television of of things that you'd lust after you see and in all the movies you watch the relationships within the movies are this show you this perfected relationship of hero figures who are always young always young you don't get the older ones now anything over oh almost 24 now is old because they had to separate the, genera- the generations time's gone by made sure for survival that the older person became and hopefully more wiser uh, they could become a leader down the road and the young would go to the leaders for wisdom the leaders had gone through all the emotions all the usual things which the children would go through and so everyone knew that's where you went for advice today the children have been taught not to disregard their parents completely pretty well daddy must be a fool because all men are uh, mummy should be having a better life and the children don't get enough attention at home either the parents don't talk to them very often everyone's too busy doing their own thing or, or the parents are having two jobs to keep the uh, that house above their, that roof above their head and we're seeing the fallout of society all around us as the families were falling apart they were throwing up homes for the aged across the western world because the state was going to take care of that end of it by removing the older ones from the home and they'd give them the care until they died this too has been successful the children don't grow up they don't see the old people dying at home they don't see the illness they don't start to appreciate life in fact they can't relate to it because they don't see any of it they can't relate to even death when they're young they don't see anyone dying that they care about they don't know what real love is and bonding until someone dies and they don't get that anymore either And once you're in these old folks' homes, they stick you on things like Halidol, where you sit and salivate and rock in a chair that you can't get out of, you're not allowed out of, until you die, which often doesn't take too long. And that's the horror that we now call better care. Every generation has been separated from the next every part of each generation is separated from the one beneath and above and they're all being programmed from kindergarten on in an escalating scale to the things which each one will experience going through their life and they'll think it's all quite normal because they've been brainwashed since a very early age this is what we find Lord Bertrand Russell talking about and education and the good life after his experimental schools had tried about everything to indoctrinate 
children into a new way of living and perceiving things. It's also what Beria, the head of the NKVD, did in the Soviet Union in his speeches in the 1930s. When he, he talked to the Comintern, it was published in the papers in the West, of how he could, they could actually prepare people so that those going in to kindergarten would be programmed a few years ahead of the children coming in today. The ones coming in today would have a little bit more indoctrination as to what they would expect when they hit 20 or 30, a little bit more with every intake. That's how perfect the system is. It's not a pretty story, but that's how it really is. And none of, of the agenda which we see today could have happened without all of that family disruption taking place at all. They had to destroy the family unit, separate everyone from everyone else. The state becomes boss, it becomes a welfare. So much so that people in families won't even help each other out now. They'll, they'll, they'll tell each other to go to welfare. The state has become supreme over everyone. And when there's no one to stand in the way and protect you or stand up for you, the state can dictate directly to you, as Orwell portrayed in 1984. We have no say in this so far. There are no complaints departments here because governments are pretty well bogus. They're dramas for the public where bills may go through the motions of being passed or debated but the very fact that they're on the table came from a higher source the real government, you know, the guys who really run the world the big foundations and so on, the big think tanks and, and told to be brought into being by very powerful people who live for a very old age, to a very old age, very fit because it's given a much higher advanced form of healthcare than medicine. The, the governments actually just rubber stamp things really after the little pretend debates before they all go out for a pint, both parties, and, and celebrate. Which bunch of millionaires do, or multi-millionaires do you want to vote for, the left wing or the right wing? Which, one, which bunch of lawyers do you want to vote for, the left wing or the right wing? There's not a single one that wasn't picked and groomed before the public had them presented to them for voting. They're authorized to be there. They're dependable, as you say. I'd also like to talk a little bit about genetic engineering. when they first openly in newspapers started to talk about and, and do a big hurrah cheer which they did in all newspapers in the 70s but all the money they'd need for genetic research suddenly it was all genetic research 
and how my God and then show your poor children with, with inherited diseases and so on and they say if we can do this we can cure this and I thought immediately what they're really telling us is that if they can pinpoint people who are direct carriers of potential inherited, inherited disorders they would simply not be allowed to be born because that's the only way they could do it isn't it they were not looking towards understanding how the genes work and putting something into someone that was a carrier that would destroy the disease no they were looking for ways to detect a disease find out who was a possible carrier and you would not be born it was so obvious and yet they went on and on and on this massive drum beat and, and brass band type thing of how wonderful the future would be and how about to pour billions into genetic research here we are and they're ready to make purpose made humans ideal design ID the real ID purpose made like Huxley's Brave New World and someone obviously and they already have the panels set up there will be a branch of the eugenics societies which now are, have official capacities in governments all governments they call them now bioethics committees it sounds nicer geneticists got a bad name uh, and, and you, uh, guys into eugenics got a bad name you see during World War II and prior to that too because they had a build up of all these big groups of people especially in the United States and Germany huge foundations and groups to do with eugenicists and they wrote screeds of books about inferior types of people and, and how they'd have to get rid of all those who, who didn't have the right IQ didn't measure up and all that kind of stuff but then that got a bad rap because of World War Two, when a lot of that was put into into place and used this actual elimination scheme of the inferior types. And so we now have the wait years and then present us all, and, and we got it all when Dolly the Sheep came out. You see, the, suddenly we found we had we had these official groups, which massive NGOs of scientists that now call themselves bioethics committees so, and we don't have to worry about things because the experts are doing all the worrying for us they're debating and saying what's ethical what isn't and aren't you glad that people can make these decisions for you people you'll never meet but didn't even know they existed until they were suddenly worldwide at the same time uh, appearing on every country's television shows every country just happened to have them in the back covered somewhere and they pull them forth to calm the public and tell us not to be so worried about things the bioethics, ethics is a nice fuzzy word Ethic, ethical you see it sounds far removed from eugenicist oh eugenicist hmm. and if you've noticed nothing has been stopped by these supposed committees on the research they're doing they come up once in a while and, and give us a vague pro and con and we're left in limbo and then we found it's been done anyway the next step and the next step and the next step until you have this incredible 
disgusting world where they're putting genes into animals, human genes. They did that to the pig in America. Agricultural Association or, or, or Department for the Government, U.S. government, gave the go-ahead to implant human genes and try it in, in the 70s. They've gone so much further today where they're now admitting they have supposedly sheep which can have human kidneys and God knows what else. That's probably a statement of the big joke to us too that they're going to try to use sheep as well. And cross-species breeding is underway in this great Dr. Moreau's island called planet Earth we must be more efficient slaves and partly along the way one, one part of the, the journey is to be brain chipped once we're brain chipped we can't then complain about the next step which is watching all purpose made types tall, short, squat whatever your job happens to be what you're bred for uh, all sort of tottering around the planet doing their slave work with no mind of their own but they'll be very efficient though very efficient brave new world and who funds all this the big foundations fund it all the government uses our tax money and puts it into research and development why? because we're the idiots that fund this all ultimately and we're the idiots it's all going to be used on we fund the creation of our own chains and our own ultimate destruction and we have no say in the matter in times gone by there were wars over taxation without representation and when they said representation they meant someone from the people that would speak for the people about where their tax money went which was supposed to benefit them and never did of course it went to the elite and the wealthy to do what they wanted to do and nothing has changed nothing has changed this is not a free society in any country at least in the western world today It's all the same agenda because the elite, the psychopaths in charge of every country, the hereditary psychopaths, the dynasties we, cop- we see popping up all the time in places of power, are one big club, one big, big club. The United Nations is their front man that talks about peace, love and security on the one hand as it sends our troops all over the planet to kill people who, has, who haven't buckled under yet 
to get a standardized way of living across the whole globe the same democratic format of pre-selected people we can be allowed to vote for who will serve the elite very well once they're in the same United Nations that has UNESCO where they want a world culture created so they do it through putting schools up and all the conquered nations grab the first generation of children brainwash them into all the wonders and things of the west so they'll grow up eventually and be the next bunch of bureaucrats for that new country that conquered country these are the realities of the world I'm going to take a night sometime and read from some of the big boys books written back at the turn of the 1900s I'll read from the big foundations books about this very plan and you can decide for yourself if a lot of what they talked about has already happened and if some more of what they talked about is underway it's quite impressive to see men with ideas and plans and incredible power money to back it bring it all about deceptively because they must deceive the public as they say there's always a good reason given for the public for everything and then there's a real reason which we're never given in the past when people talked to each other a lot didn't zonk out in front of a glass tube which flashed light in their eye and made screaming sounds of supposed laughter canned of course and they talked about life they talked about their world that they knew what affected them different age groups would be involved in the conversations within families the children could hear them they listened and they learned that's all but gone in most families today the ones that are left that is along came the, the swinging 60s swinging of course is another term as you know for the swinging clubs and that's what it meant too swinging meant having unabashed unabated sexual contact with no consequences because we had suddenly come out of the stone age and we were on a roll to a wonderful future we were told the culture creation industry had already been prepared for it all and out came all the stuff out came the magazines on free love yada 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 everything's wonderful wear flowers in your hair unless you're allergic and you don't want bee stings and the youth has always fell for this utopia it's an old dodge that's been used over and over again down through many centuries the promise of a utopia they fell for it hook, line and sinker never guessing that very clever old people had dreamed up this entire new culture for them and had worked it into being with the power and the money and their organizations and think tanks and the very fact they owned the media as well the same thing happened 
on the build-up to World War One. Both H.G. Wells and Russell talked about it. Wells was a propagandist for the British Secret Service. His job was to write stuff into fiction to get everyone geared up for the war and want to go. The young guys had to go and go into glory, etc. There was a lot of glory in war in those days. And brass bands and everything else and clean uniforms give you a rather different impression from the blood-stained ones in the battlefield with holes through the tubas and the drums. But the youth don't think about death and that's why it's so easy to conquer their minds with glory and every young guy wants to be a hero that's what games are all about that's why they're watching games they have no power in their own life so they, they, they project onto some hero in a team and they feel they're winning something in life because they know they're really losing personally and in World War I H.G. Wells came out with a term he was told to get phrases repetitive phrases and get them out there to get the public to start parroting them that's how simply it's done Lenin said the same thing you shall conquer by the use of slogans repetitive slogans and they both said use these slogan techniques because they both were trained by the same people Soviets were funded by by Britain and America from its inception but H.G. Wells came out with the war to end all wars. What a wonderful thing for a youngster to hear. Because youngsters, before the guys at the age where they want to go off and fight and be a hero, and of course they won't be killed because they think they're immortal personally. Someone else gets killed, but you don't get killed. Because you're too young and stupid, you see. To know better. That in itself tells you who runs the show. The, the gullibility of the young man who has no idea that it could be him who gets killed. It doesn't dawn on a young guy, and they know this. That's why they never take old men in the army. And apart from that, old men wouldn't want to go. They're too sensible by them. It takes them a while to grow up. But H.G. Wells kept on in all these different little talks at the Fabian Society and it was published in the papers and in his books his non-fiction books, he wrote just as many non-fiction as fiction, at least his teams did of writers, because they all have teams of writers really these guys and he called it the war to end all wars, oh beautifully and after it there's going to be a utopia a utopia for the people who would be treated for the first time fairly by their betters as they call them in Britain, their superiors their betters We'd have this harmonious country of, of, of virtue, a virtuous country. Now it's virtual, but then it was virtue. They, they, didn't, they didn't get virtual then. And how they'd all have homes, since 90% of the people in Britain were working class and didn't own anything and lived in pretty bad poverty. They told them they'd all get council housing funded by the taxpayers. So that's, in other words, for the first time, the taxes would be used to help the people. Because were, during World War I, they had so many young guys dying, it, it, the, the word was getting back home. What's the point of this? So, so that was an incentive. Oh, there's going to be a utopia after this if you join up and go off and kill those guys. 
will have a just society and your tax money for the first time will be used on you to build council housing which you'll then rent off us and they built rows of houses they didn't start building the houses and even then very few of them until it was almost World War II Wells also was the one to bring out the, the, the white feather for their girlfriends and told them to wear it if her boyfriend wouldn't join the army and fight for his country and his king and his way of life his way of life <laughs> uh, he used every dirty trick in the book to get the men, young men in they never stopped using dirty tricks because they're psychopaths you see psychopaths have no conscience but they do naturally intuitively instinctively understand how the others you know the people down below how they think and feel they themselves can't feel but they understand that you do and they exploit it they always exploit it terrific ability to exploit people now I'll get on to the new website for Europe it's Alan Watt sentient sentinel dot eu this is a new site just going up and it's gradually being finished it'll take some time the purpose of it hopefully is to inform the Europeans in their own language of how they were united uh, tell them about the associations and corporations that were behind it the big players and the foundations and go through some of the history of it and I hope to do it have, have the, the transcripts that are done by Linda Linda does transcripts for me she's a professional and has worked for big companies doing transcripts very fast to have them also done and put into eventually the languages of Europe so they can be downloaded and printed off and passed around to those who want to read them this will take a little time to get the translations done and to get the proper people to do the translations the, those who want to volunteer are welcome to get in touch with me and I'll give them what information they need to know given the format of this where they start and they can have their names on it or a first name or a pseudonym and we should try really hard and get these things translated because people there's a lot of people who can't speak outside their own tongue and once they understand what's really been going on they can start talking about it in their own tongue to others and showing them the transcripts this has been a long haul even to get this far because this is a non-for-profit attempt to get through to people and various people have really helped 
there's a nice new format for the this sentient sentinel site and for those who are looking for someone to do up a good site for them there's a professional who donated some time to me and I could send pictures that I wanted to put together to them and who did it exactly as the, as the way I pictured it that is Laura if they want to get similar work done for themselves they can contact me now get in touch with her Laura is very good working with males because being a professional she can divert you off from a silly idea at times without you knowing that she's done it she does it so well you find out next week you say, wait a minute here I didn't even notice so she saves your ego guys she'll save your ego big time good professional person to work with let me know if you're if you need something done and I'll get in touch with her it's very rare to get someone who can take an idea and take what you visualize and they can bring it about just as it was in your mind and that's how this whole thing is done it's, it's by myself and a few people who help me volunteers uh, people I've never met and that shows you the kind of cooperation that ordinary folk can do for a good cause and really when you see what's happening in the world today there's nothing more important than this particular type of cause because we're running out of time the big boys have made their plans the agenda is set and what is the future we know what the future is a controlled Huxleyan society where the masses that are left and we are bred to work will be happy idiots knowing nothing not even having an individual consciousness and the, the dream of ages for the elite of ages and ages gone by will have come about and they'll be slapping each other on the back how they pulled it off from empire building to globalism to Plato's worker society specially bred selected etc for particular specific functions who wants this who wants this we have to really get moving now to get the information out and to stay on the topics because the other side have their big boys out who stray off into all kinds of weird topics mixing fact with fiction intelligence gathering with counterintelligence to discredit the intelligence very simple, very old techniques until they have people in a dizzy spin and they don't know what to believe anymore whereas if you stick to the facts and you stick to the powerful people and the books which they themselves wrote and published over the last couple of hundred years or longer even 
then you don't have to speculate about spacemen or anything else that's bizarre. We've lived through the last few years watching the free trade negotiations for the Americas, the precursor of NAFTA. And pretty, pretty well everything that's to happen in the Americas was signed and, and sealed there. We watched the GATT Treaty to do with foreign and multinational investments, big corporations, now they can come into any country now and start dictating the wages, regardless of the minimum wage of that country. That was all done in preparation for GATT. And, and that part of it, where they can go into a country, and if the country has certain work standards or minimum wage, and the government says, no, you can't come in here and set up that because we have these standards, by the GATT treaty, that corporation can sue the nation, and then the taxpayer has to pay them for not, for not being allowed in to do their job. That's a fact. And the big boys will take that loot, which have just sued us for, and slap each other in the back again, saying, how oh my goodness, how clever we are. And, and, and isn't it lucky we're all such multi-billion trillionaires running a world of utter schmucks? This has all been done already. And now our tax money is pulling off the next part of complete, completion of the, the ID cards, active ID cards. So as all the little sheep on the planet will, will be forced to carry them and tracked everywhere they go because these things are tracked by the same technology that cell phones use. Don't leave home without it, goes the slogan. This is the world, the brave new world, that the ancestors of today's elite dreamed of. Because that's what they called it thousands of years ago, the brave new world, that was the whole idea. Huxley didn't invent that term, that phrase. We have those who are still thinking have to get moving now because we got to sway this off course and start saying we are humans we have all the rights and all these front men that are called public servants you know the, the lesser psychopaths the, the lower bureaucratic levels have to be eventually put out of their jobs and the public have to have a say in what happens in their life and to their own children probably still can say they are our own children and not the property of some laboratory those with knowledge must pass it on because you can turn around at a certain age and think you're just moving from yesterday and you're suddenly here time can go, it flies there's so much that we should have been doing 
and granted were kept busy and occupied with fear, terror, impending depressions, economic collapses, yada yada, and all this stuff they've given us for centuries. But we've got to make sure that the last of an idea, which was the old system of family unit at least, survives. Because when it's all, all gone, the game is over. When humans can't help each other and have become enemies of each other, male, female, children, parents, etc., it's game over. And it's almost there for most people. The time has to be used wisely because there's no other game in town. There's no other game in the world right now. This is the only thing that's going on that matters. Not the latest silicone babe from Hollywood or her little affairs or the rubbish they throw out for the public to consume. Mainly, as I say, it's rubbish. We've got to stop them spraying us like bugs from the skies every day. That has to happen because it's affecting people today, big time, physically and mentally. We're not supposed to even know what's happening. (laughs) That's quite something. Worldwide spraying and silence from the top. The time must be used wisely. And those who care really are getting involved and helping to divert this destination planned by this powerful elite. So I'm going to use my time wisely. I hope you do too. Sorry for the quick blurb, but I had a sleep for an hour before I did this. Not quite all there. Didn't get much sleep last night. There's so much to do, and that there'll be a lot more to do as things speed up. And we've got to push on. For Hamish and myself, it's good night, and may your God or your gods go with you. Do not count